Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We're going to do a quick recap of week zero. Make sure to follow us, leave a review, send me a tweet at Big Ten Football Talk on Twitter, Instagram, email me at Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com. You guys know the details. Uh, it's late Saturday night, and I thought, I don't know how often I will do this. But I thought it would be good to get at least a little bit into a rhythm of doing a recap after uh, certain games, after after the a lot of the games have been played out. And you know, I picked two games on Friday morning, and I I feel like I I did pretty well on on both of them. You know, Illinois just beat the crud out of Wyoming. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that first. But they covered, I said that Illinois would win 33-17. They won 38-6. to So a little bit bigger of a margin than I expected. Uh, and then we'll, we'll have the, we'll, we'll talk about Nebraska-Northwestern more extensively. I had Northwestern winning by one point. They won by three points. And I thought, Pat Fitzgerald would outcoach Scott Frost, and I, I thought he'd have his guys more motivated. I actually thought it was a lot worse than what I expected, which I'll explain in a minute. But first, let me just talk about Illinois, Wyoming. Um, honestly, there's not much to glean from this. I think Wyoming's pretty bad. They're 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 worse, I think, even than I thought, which makes sense because the guy that they had as their starter was a transfer from Utah State. Uh, I'm not really sure that he played much. He transferred from Utah State after being there for four years. His stats the year before, I think, were was 415 yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. He was, I believe, a career backup. So that's who you've got at Wyoming as your starter. You've got Titus Zven or Zwen, who I think is is good. And probably the biggest thing, the two biggest takeaways for me with Illinois is they struggled to defend the run. Like they Wyoming still had 31 carries for 182 yards with virtually no help from the passing game. So that's a little concerning to me. Because they're going to face far better running backs and far better offensive lines, so that and better better pass play, passing play. I mean, I don't know if anyone else on their schedule is going to be this bad in the passing game. So I'm a little concerned about their defense. You know, I I have Illinois going five and seven. So I, you know. These are things that I, I would expect to be at least a little concerned about because they're not a complete team. I'm also a little concerned about the passing game. They have weapons. Like Isaiah Williams showed some stuff like he showed some stuff last year. Um, he got carted off, but it was just cramps. Um, you know, but Isaiah Williams showed some things. Casey Washington showed some things. Uh, I don't know where Luke Ford was. Like I, I think he's going to be a stud in the NFL, but or I, I shouldn't say a stud in the NFL. I think he's a a potential NFL tight end. Hey, they didn't use him at all. Now maybe they didn't use him because they were like it's Wyoming, 
But I was a little concerned that they, they didn't get him involved. So in general, I'm a little concerned about the passing game. Tommy DeVito, you know, he was efficient, 27 to 37. Uh, I, he was efficient in the sense that he, he didn't, he completed a lot of passes, but it was, he averaged 5.2 yards per passing attempt, which is not very good. So I am a little concerned about their ability to stretch the field. I don't think DeVito is really honestly that great of a downfield passer. So, you know, ball control, running the ball, that's going to be their hallmark. The the thing that I do think is going to win Illinois a few games, Chase Brown is an NFL-level running back. I thought that before the season – this game proved it to me. I mean, he's got speed. He's got some wiggle. He can break tackles. And again, I know it's Wyoming, but he was dynamic today. Uh, they, they've got a good stable of backs. McCray also was carted off at one point, but Bielema came out and said it doesn't seem like it's too too bad of an injury. So I, I think there's there's there are some good pieces for Illinois. I, I still think there is a... a decent shot that they make a bowl game that's again that's not what I predicted but I think there's a pretty decent shot that they make a bowl game this year and this is a good start and it really starts to build momentum especially as they go into week one against Indiana so uh, good win by by Brett Bielema and the fighting Illini obviously some issues that they got to work out there let me talk about the Northwestern Nebraska game. Um, for, first, I want to start with Pat Fitzgerald. It was his 200th game as the Northwestern head football coach. And after the game, a lot of people kind of came out and said, why would Pat Fitzgerald manage the game the way he did? You know, he was very conservative in a lot of spots, especially some key third down conversions. And it, you know, I think some of those some some of those criticisms are are valid, despite the fact that they won the game. I, I think there's some some valid criticism that at points, Pat Fitzgerald was not as aggressive as he should have been. However, it's game one, in a weird environment, and aside from a few big plays by Nebraska. They actually did a pretty good job on defense. They they were controlling the lines of scrimmage, especially in the second half. Uh, even though Casey Thompson was good in the first half, they really struggled. He really he was off in the second half. And I thought Northwestern's defense really settled in in the second half after the uh, the couple of big drives by Nebraska. I mean, from the nine-minute mark of the third quarter on, Nebraska didn't score any points. And and they forced, I think, three turnovers after that. So I, Northwestern went conservative. I, here's the thing. I get it. You want to see teams pull the trigger and take risks. Pat Fitzgerald will take risks. But, you know, there are people online on Twitter saying, "Uh, this is not a good Northwestern team. Pat Fitzgerald, I don't know what he's doing. He just coached his 200th game, and he's 110 and 90 
as a Northwestern head football coach. Northwestern should not have 110 wins in 17 seasons because they don't get a lot of talent, which means, guess what? You have a really good head football coach. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. And for those who are saying this is, this is not, they're not going to win a lot of games, just be careful. All right? Because Pat Fitzgerald has taken worse teams who have lost to worse teams like Akron because they don't have the talent and they get to the Big Ten Championship game because Pat Fitzgerald is a wizard. Like, I, I would not be half shocked if they lose to Duke or somebody like that or they lose to, I forget who they get next on the schedule. But let's not, he made some odd decisions that I disagreed with at odd times. Let's not overlook the fact that he beat a more talented team in Ireland where you have to get your guys ready. He built momentum. And Ryan Holinsky, though the Nebraska defense looked did not look good, which we'll get to that, but Ryan Holinsky looked fairly competent. Their tight end, uh, uh, Navarro, he's, I think he's a wide receiver. Navarro looked really good. Their running backs, Evan Hull and Cam Porter, aside from the fumble, looked really good. Like, they've got a physical offensive line. Peter Skaronsky was just mauling people today. And that defense, that front seven for Nebraska, is supposed to be good. He was just destroying people from the second quarter on. And and that whole offensive line played, I thought, pretty well. So I get I get the criticism. I get it. If you've got your offensive line moving people around, you've got a couple of really good running backs. And you're like, I've got a three-point lead and I don't want to self-destruct like somebody else did in this game. I get it. And I didn't pick this. But if Pat Fitzgerald wins nine games and goes to the Big Ten Championship game, it's not going to surprise me. Because, yeah, they don't have the talent. Guess what? Pat Fitzgerald has never had the talent. He's great. And I will not tolerate... Pat Fitzgerald slander. Just saying, okay? Which brings me to Scott Frost and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. First off, if you're a Nebraska fan, I I I am sorry. I'm just I'm sorry. I I cannot imagine what it is like, what it's been like for the past few years. The only thing I can I can imagine is that God in some way is trying to get your attention uh, because this is this is misery as a sports fan, right? Um, which I, I totally you know, as I talk as a Christian, I obviously believe that God can use anything to get your attention so that you'd come to Him. But that's that that could be after hours of the podcast. We can talk theology afterwards. But my my point here is this. This has been miserable, and I am sorry if you are a Nebraska fan. This was far worse than what I predicted for Nebraska. 
because I thought Nebraska would be lethargic in the beginning of the game. They get a sense of urgency, storm back, and just miss out. And I was like, I could see them losing this game because Scott Frost might struggle to get his guys up. Casey Thompson, he's a transfer. He's, I think, an upgrade to Adrian Martinez, but it new players, uh, new guys in the system, you know, new offensive coordinator, all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I think it might be clunky. It wasn't clunky. Like they were, they were on fire in the first twenty minutes, and then they just kind of let thing let their foot off the gas, like they have been doing for the past few years. And then at halftime, they're down by three, and it was just sad. And you're like, what the heck is going on? And then Nebraska had another burst at the beginning of the second half. And Casey Thompson looked like a Heisman candidate. I mean, the one play where he backpedals and he runs runs around and, and hits his uh, uh, one of the transfer receivers that, that Nebraska has. I mean, it was just dynamite. And they're up 28-17. And, you know, you're thinking, oh, yeah, like, Nebraska's going to pull away. I shouldn't have picked Northwestern. Nebraska has more talent. And then the onside kick. And I I get the, the, the onside kick on its own was a stupid decision. My issue is not with the onside kick. My issue is... Where is the leadership? You know, if you have strong leaders on your team and you have a coach who's a strong leader, that onside kick shouldn't have mattered that much. You get your defense, who you have guys who are all Big Ten performers or potential all Big Ten performers, and, and Reimer and Garrett Nelson, the front seven's supposed to be your bread and butter of your defense, and you say, hey, you go pick up your offense. You go you go and do this thing. And they couldn't. They couldn't. Because they got whipped up front. They got whipped by, I think, a Northwestern offensive line, which is underrated. You know, Skronsky's not underrated, but everybody else is underrated. But you know what? That's a that's a battle you need to win. And you did win it in the first 15 minutes pushing guys around and giving Casey Thompson time time to throw. But instead, you just lose all your energy, all your momentum, and you don't score for the last 24 minutes of the football game. Nebraska ran for 110 yards, 46 of that on one play. You take out the 46-yard run, you want to know how many yards they ran for? 64 on 30 carries. 64 yards on 30 carries. That's barely over two yards a carry against a Northwestern defense, which we thought would be pretty poor. 
and Northwestern gained 518 yards of total offense. They averaged 4.6 yards a carry, and that's before the three kneel down, or that's after the three kneel downs to end the game. Like this, this is a an utter disaster and choke by Nebraska, and I told you so. I don't know, I, and I, I thought maybe they would turn a corner in the sense that they have too much talent to not at least win six games this year. I don't know after this, because I could explain showing up in Ireland lethargic. But what I can't explain, and what, what I can't give a pass on, is you, you take two separate 11-point leads... And then you just give them up. Like, I mean, it's just like, oh, we, we got up by 11, and now we're going to pack it in. That's what it felt like the entire, each time. And so, I'm not sure what Nebraska's going to do. And, and here's the, the kicker. Watching the press conference, and I don't, I don't know, I, I, I can't, I don't know. Scott Frost Hart. And so I'm not going to to sit here and project this is what he's doing and this is what it is. But this has been my sense the entire time that Frost has been there. I've never gotten the sense that he has taken full ownership of how abominable this has been. And even the onside kick, he said, it's on me. But then he's like, but, you know... You know, if that, that turns out well, that's fine. That's No, y- you sit there and you eat that. I shouldn't have made that call. That was wrong, and I lost us the game. That's what you say. You look at your record and you say, yes, this is unacceptable, and this is on me. You don't say, oh, the offensive staff. No, 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 no. The offensive staff... You hired the offensive staff. You hired the defensive staff. You hired the special teams guy. This is on you, Scott Frost. And more importantly, it's on Trev Alberts, the the athletic director. To think that you are going to get something different after the 3 and 9 catastrophe that was last year. Like what what did you think was going to happen? And so I don't know what the future is of Nebraska. If if I were Trev Alberts, he you know, Scott Frost doesn't make it back to the states as the head coach, and I know there are people on Twitter saying, "Well, what what good is it to fire Scott Frost now? It gives you a direction for the future, because now there isn't this will they won't they." You fixed the mistake that you made last November when you retained him. But it's it's got to be over. His record his record is the worst in Nebraska history. The worst in Nebraska history, at least in the modern era. And I know he is a favored son in Nebraska. But you look at his his record. He is 15 and 30 in the weaker division of the Big Ten. 
He has won 10 Big Ten games out of 36 tries. He has not finished better than fifth in the Big Ten West. I don't know how you justify it. And especially with that fan base who's been so loyal, it's got to be over. Now, if Scott Frost comes back and wins the rest of his games, goes 11-1, and goes to the Big Ten title game, I will eat so much crow. But... If that happens, then then there was a major shift because nothing in his resume speaks that he can turn this around. And he's I, I think he's got a, a fairly tough division. And if he can't beat Northwestern, where they definitely had a talent advantage over them, like who's the gimme on their schedule? Who's the who's the gimme on their schedule? I mean, seriously. Besides North Dakota. And Georgia Southern, like Indiana and Rutgers, like are we sure that they beat either? They beat either of those teams. And maybe Illinois, but I mean this is this is abysmal for Nebraska. And at some point, you just have to say you are who you are. And if there's no signs of change, you got to cut bait. And it, it, it'd be good for, I think it'd be good for both. I think Scott Frost can coach, but he's got to learn to be, I think he's got to learn to be a better leader. Because this has been the product he's put on the field for five years. It's time. I'm sorry, Nebraska. I, I feel sad for you guys. I feel sad for how this has turned out for you. I I can't imagine. It's it's just so sad. So um we'll be back on Tuesday. I'll bring you my picks for week one. And we'll pro I'll probably do a couple of different recap videos based on different games. But this has been uh the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. So long. God bless. <laughs>